Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, Latrobe Valley 91.9 FM. And SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland. Well, you just heard it, and you're going to hear it again. Yeah, Saturdays in Gippsland on SEN Track 91.3. Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 SEN Track Lap Pro Valley. You can also listen live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au. We're here at Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Great blokes here too. Free click and collect available now. I say great blokes because we've asked them to do a few jobs for us already and they've come through with the goods. As I say, hello to Sam the man. I know him as Sam from the Sentinel Times, but he's actually known as Sam... From SEN now. <laughs> yeah, from SEN, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. Mate, absolute beauty. We've got some uh, guests that um, I'm bubbling yeah. to have a chat to during the next two hours. We've got some very big guests today coming up. Um, Australian, first off, first cab off the rank, probably the biggest of them all, is Aussie cricket star Sophie Molyneux, mm-hmm. um, Bansdale local. She's, she's going to come on the show to talk about her rise to stardom in cricket um, and then after that we'll have uh, former Cricket Victoria uh, regional development coach Rob Wood who would have had quite a bit to do with Sophie over the years at 9.30 and um, then also at, after 10 o'clock Malcolm Conn, the Sydney Morning Herald chief cricket writer and one of the uh, most respected cricket writers in Australia is coming on Was he, was he the bloke Sam that broke that story about uh, was it Shane Warne and Mark Waugh? Yes, he Gee, did. That was a couple of decades ago now, yep. I reckon. 1999, I'm pretty sure it was. He won yeah. a Walkley for that, Malcolm. Um, that, that, that was when Warney and that were giving their views, mm-hmm. inverted comma, uh, or commas, on how the pitch it, might play. Yeah, so the, that, that's right. I, I'm not completely across the story, but I did uh, read a little bit about Malcolm and that popped up. They were, they were providing pitch and weather information to illegal bookmakers, which I thought was funny that they included weather information in that, because can't the illegal bookmaker just look at the weather report? I would have thought. Why why do Warney and Mark Warr know more about the weather than uh, Jane Bunn of 1999? If I had the choice of going to Jane Bunn or Shane Warne, I I reckon you could lock me in for Jane. Mm. Uh, Yeah, and I'm not sure what Mark's like, but he's certainly (laughs) no Rob Jell. So, yeah, look, I'll I'll be interested to have a bit of a chat to Malcolm and and get an insight into how that story broke, how he pursued it, and Mm -hmm. ultimately how he won an award for it. And after Malcolm, we'll have Gold Coast Suns Young Gun and Mm -hmm. former Fish Creek local Sam Flanders um, to come on and talk about his first couple of years in the AFL system. And after him, as always, we'll have uh, Phil Pylon, senior football coach, Bo Vernon. He'll uh, have a look at the West Gippie fixture today. How's he gone at, how's he gone at the Bulldogs? Oh, he's, yeah, they're, they're dominant. Yeah, is they that are, right? They're in a powerhouse in every sense of the word, you'd say. that His first year, they won the flag, 2018 that was. Uh, 2019, they won the flag again. Mm-hmm. Barely, barely lost a game. Um, I think they might have gone undefeated, maybe had a draw with Coraline throughout the year in 2019. Obviously, 2020, nobody played. They would have been good again. And this year, they were on top of the ladder, had only lost one game, and the season got called, but okay. they, were, they were shaping up. I've to... never had a chat to Bo, so I'm looking forward to that yep. because he came from Lee and Gather, obviously, and yep. where he tasted success as well. So he's yes. obviously got something. Has I wonder where he goes next. Is there opportunities? Potentially. I think he's pretty happy with his, with his life at uh, Phillip Island yeah. and his uh, young family now, but uh, who knows what's, what's in store for him because... He's, he's not just well-known in, in Gippsland circles. He's pretty much known 
state and almost countrywide yeah. and, now. And, and more than known, he's respected, isn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, for, for the, sure. For the way he approaches life as well as football. Definitely. Hey, what about overnight uh, in Adelaide? <laughs> yeah, look, whenever there's a test in Adelaide, there's always something that goes on. Uh, it was a... Well, it was an early finish last night. It was. And it appears that the Aussies have got the upper hand. Yeah. It, it appears. You'd, you'd think so, after making almost 500. And Amazing, The, the really. Poms are now two for 17. Um, Joe Rudel have to dig in today. He, oh, needs to make, he, he needs to make 100. Oh, without Maybe a doubt. Maybe 150. <laughs> without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what, what I thought was interesting, as, as you said, the match was called off due to lightning. That Did you see the people on top of Adelaide, um, Adelaide Oval? No, I didn't. So... They they were doing a tour, a, um, oh. a, a tour walking oh, above yeah, the yeah. grandstand, and all of a sudden, a massive lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been getting off there quick, smart. Yeah, I would have asked right my money back. The, right next to the flagpole as well. Wow, yeah. it's it actually a wonder given that because Adelaide can get summer storms. It's it's somewhat tropic, tropical at times, so you would have thought, given those conditions, walking on the Adelaide Oval roof line mm. would have been one of the last things. On your mind? Yeah, I'd, I'd be avoiding that. I reckon I would have. How did you see? How did you see yesterday's play? I, I, I thought that I was expecting uh, Marnus and Smith to be a bit more aggressive yeah. after getting through uh, day one, especially Marnus. He, he's, he was lucky, Marnus, um, especially on day one. And he, he got to 100 and then he was caught behind, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And it was a no ball. And so, yeah. so that happened again, and I thought, oh, he's going to really make him pay here. Yeah. And I only, I only ended up getting to uh, 103 off 305 deliveries. Pretty slow for, for Marnie, but he got the runs that yeah. they needed in the end. And Smith was unlucky. Uh, Anderson got one to slide through and decked back in pretty nicely and wrapped him on the pads. Yeah. He reviewed it, but he was gone. Yeah, devastating too for Smithy to be mm. so close. He, he would have absolutely hated that. He Do you think he, he bats well? It's, it's like he loves the pressure of being a captain and batting. I, I think he thrives yeah. batting as a well, captain. Well, I was going to ask you about that. How did you feel initially when, obviously, with Pat Cummins in quarantine, he steps up? He's the obvious choice. He's the vice-captain, I guess. I wasn't sure how I felt, to be honest. And, and, and I'm not swinging one way or the other. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely way on the fence here. But how, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I'm on the fence as well. But I, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards the opinion that he, he knows he did the wrong thing. He copped his whack for that. Everybody knows how tough that would have been for him, somebody so obsessed with cricket, to miss, yeah. to miss a year. Um, and, yeah, I think he, know, he knows he did the wrong thing. He, he served his time, and he's, he's come back and hasn't really put a foot wrong there. Yeah. So I, I, I think that it was the right call. Pat Cummins wanted him as vice-captain. We all know that. They've, the relationship seems like they're pretty close now. And... Um, he wanted he wanted him and he was he was the right man for it and just happened to be that Cummins was unavailable. Yeah, and, and I think I I think I share the same sentiment to be honest, Sam. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, he has served his time, but if you sort of reflect back, I don't know that he was sort of the instigator in the cheating scandal. Anyway, he mm-hmm. was he was the captain. Yep. And I guess he was held responsible for being the captain, yeah. other than being the initiator. Yeah, it happened on his watch. Yeah. Yeah. But, perfect. Perfect. But, uh, yeah. Uh, there's reports. Reports are that he probably wasn't the one who led the led the way no. with the sandpaper. And, 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 and whereas, whereas I, I was, I wasn't uncomfortable, but I was uneasy about him taking the role. I think I would have definitely been uncomfortable with Warner if he was 
an acting captain, for instance, on well, the day. Yeah, well, Warner's got the lifetime leadership yeah. ban, doesn't he? So I think that's, I think that might be uh, that lifetime ban might show that's uh, maybe Warner had a bit more to do with it. Yeah. All right. So how do you see the final couple of days playing uh, out? What What are you thinking? I, I think the Aussies are. I think they're in a very commanding position. If Root doesn't get away here, yep. uh, well, it'll it'll probably be over by day four, yeah. by the end of day four. So they forced to follow on? I'm not, I'm not sure if they follow on. You don't see it happen that much these, these days, no. the follow on. They'll, they'll probably come in. It might be a little bit tough. Uh, it might be tough um, to come in and slog the ball to the boundary in the night conditions in Adelaide, but I can see the Aussies coming out in the second dig and having a crack getting... 400 or 500 runs in front. Real quick, yeah. And then uh, they've got a day and a half to bowl out. And that pond. Adelaide deck can do some funny things mm. end of day four, day five especially. And with Lion in your armoury, um, things are looking okay, I'd say. Yeah, I reckon. All right, we might take a break. It's, uh, as we say, Saturdays in Gippsland on SEN track, 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 SEN track, Leptrove. It's Sam the Man from the Sentinel Times, also <laughs> known as Sam from SEN track. And yours truly, Poppy, talking sport. We'll be doing it until 11. We'll be doing it every Saturday right here. Yeah, welcome along to Womthaggy. We're at the Harvey Norman store where, as you heard, it's free click and collect, which is available now. And I've actually clicked before, Sam. You know that? Yeah. And I've collected I come home a few Friday nights ago and my washing machine, Mrs. Pop said to me, hey, washing machine's no good. Mm-hmm. We need a new washing machine. I said, Dale, it's 10.30 Friday night. What do you want me to do? She goes, get on the Harvey Norman website. I did. I clicked and I collected on the Monday. Seriously, true story. It's, it's pretty special. <laughs> it's pretty special. <laughs> I'm not sure that our next guest in Sophie Molyneux does much click, uh, clicking or collecting, but I know she can knock a ball around okay. Uh, one of Gippsland's Really success stories, I guess, in a lot Definitely. of ways, isn't it, Sam? I mean, uh, her claim to fame has uh, has happened pretty quickly. Uh, she's obviously from Bensdale. Well, you might not know she's from Bensdale, but she grew up in Bensdale, was involved in cricket at a very young age, and Father Mark was at the West Bensdale Cricket Club. And I guess that happens a lot, doesn't it? You yeah. know, if your parents are involved in a sport, you tend to be involved. And as we introduce Sophie Molyneux, I, I guess we'll find out straight from Sophie herself. Hi, Sophie. How are you going? G'day, guys. You're going okay? We, we just spoke about your father, Mark, being involved in the West Bensdale Cricket Club. I guess you didn't stand a chance other than to be interested in cricket at a young age. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I was born on a Saturday, and, and every Saturday after that I was at the, the West Bensdale Cricket Club watching cricket. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think West Bensdale's a second family for me, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and things happen so quickly. It's amazing how playing a sport you love can all of a sudden turn into a career and can change your direction of life so quickly. But I'm guessing you would have enjoyed the ride. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I sort of count my lucky stars every day, I think, to be, um, to be doing what I'm doing. And, um, yeah, I suppose it was always a dream of mine to be able to, um, to play cricket and, and do it for a living and... Um, yeah, to be to be doing that and be in a situation where um, sort of wake up and, and go to training and, and get to play sport. Um, yeah, very, very lucky, that's for sure. Sophie, Sam Watson here. Thank you very much for coming on the show. And what, why do you think? Why do you think you fell in love with the game of cricket so early? Um, yeah, I think there's a few factors. I think you know, growing up um, in a country town like Bensdale, I think um, sports a massive part of it and. Um, for me, as I said before, I think growing up around the, the West Bensdale Cricket Club, there was a few other kids 
um, my age that, you know, and the highlight of my week was going to training on Tuesday, Thursday night and then and then going and watching, you know, our dads play and, and just mimicking them on the on the boundary line all day um, for hours and hours on end until, you know, the sun went down. So, um, and yeah, they're, they're probably one of the, the more fond of memories of my childhood, I think. So, um, yeah, just growing up around the club like that is, is definitely, um, yeah, I fell in love with a game like that, that's for sure. And uh, we've got Rob Wood coming up next after you, Sophie, who I'm sure would have had a bit to do with you over your uh, cricketing journey as a youngster. He, he texted me last night and said that you said to him when you were, in, when you were nine years old in grade four that you'd like to play for Victoria. <laughs> and then he said that I think you'll go one better. It's not, not a bad prediction back then, was it? <laughs> Oh dear, I, I don't know what Rob saw back then, but um, <laughs> no, it was he's done a lot for he's done a lot for the game and for you know for cricket in Gippsland and especially girls cricket. So um, yeah, I've definitely spent a lot of time with Rob over the years, that's for sure. And John Harmer, who coached uh, England and Australia in cricket, I believe, saw you as a youngster and took you under his wing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Fortunately enough, um, after he finished coaching England, he resided in um, him and Ma resided in in Bruton, which um, yeah, very very lucky with that. And we sort of just run into him um, one day at the nets, and then after that we were um, yeah had hits you know most weeks for for fifteen years, which um, and still sort of catch up with him now when I can. But um, Johnny is obviously he's you know, done an enormous amount of work um, around the world and is a, you know, one of the best coaches I've ever come across and um, to have had him <laughs> living 15 minutes away um, in Bruton, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, exactly. And, and I guess, Graeme, you talk about, you know, being at uh, your dad's cricket ground, the you know, the day after you were born almost, the influences that you have, have they been predominantly male or has there been the opportunity to have female players to look up to, to, to learn from, to, to develop your skills from? Yeah, I think um, it's a really good question. I think probably the age um, where, you know, I was watching a lot of cricket and, and really influenced by, um, by people. I was, I was probably where female cricket, it wasn't where it is now. Um, yeah. And I think the massive like part of my thing was to, to, play A-grade cricket for West Benzo with the men so that was like my big goal and, and dream and um, yeah I'd sort of tune in when I could as, as much as I could to watch the Australian girls play and, and watch the likes of Elise Perry and Meg Lanning who were, um, who were very young back then but um, it just wasn't accessible um, so yeah I suppose it, it sort of changed to the landscape's changed a lot and, and I hope um, you know that young boys and girls can turn on the TV and watch both men's and women's cricket. But, um, yeah, I suppose back when um, I was playing back at home, I think my my initial dream was to be able to play with the men and, and to play for um, West Ends off. And uh, you, you captained Victoria to the under-18s national championship in 2015 and 16. Was that while you were playing for Dandenong and the Renegades, Sophie? Uh, yeah, yep. That's a long time ago now. Um, <laughs> sort of tossing up between... Um, I've probably played most of my cricket at that stage still with, with West Bensdale and yep. would travel to Melbourne um, and play the odd game at Dandenong. And, and then, yeah, we went away and, 
um, I think it was a, it was a week long tournament in in Canberra where we we won that that championship against New South Wales where we lost the last three grand finals against them. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, right. And so, you, how long was the trip from Bansdale to Melbourne? Oh, it's about three and a half hours. Um, that, that, yeah, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid to be doing quite a bit. And so, playing for the Renegades, how, how, you must have been pretty young when you first started playing for the Renegades. How, how was that? And um, when you first started out there? Yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind. I think I was about 15, 15 or 16 in the first year of the Big Bash. And I remember um, living with my, my nan and pop who um, just lived in Berwick um, for for a month or a month and a half just to be able to, to get to training and everything. And like mum and dad pretty much had to take that month off work so they could be um, carting me around to training and to, to matches during the Big Bash. Um, but it was, it was a massive whirlwind. It was the first time playing at the MCG in front of crowds. Um, it was, yeah, definitely, um, it was massive. And I think it's only kicked on from there, the Big Bash, obviously. It's, we're into our eighth year now, and um, the way the landscape's changed, it's been amazing to see. You know what I love about stories like this? Uh, Sophie mentions Bensdale and Bruthen and Berwick. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, the MCG starts to come into the conversation. <laughs> and not long after that, you're in Mumbai. And all, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long way from Bensdale. A long way from home, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose that was after a big bash. Um, I was really lucky to be selected in an Australian squad and um, was very... I was in the midst of, of moving houses, um, getting a, was trying to swap over a car. I got a phone call from the Australian selector saying, you know, you're heading off to Mumbai and in three days' time, make sure your visa's up, or your passport's up to date. And I don't think I had that up to date either. So, um, you're off to Mumbai and you're shifting your house from Bensdale. Like, it's, it's, it's yeah. a bit of a shift, isn't it? It's amazing how life can just flip. It did. It flipped very quickly. So, um, yeah, that was really cool. That, that tour, I, I think I've played one or two games, but just to get away and to be a part of that Australian setup, and I think that tour from um, since then has probably been my highlight in the, the Australian colours. I think um, being in Mumbai, it's, it's probably a, a tricky, a tricky way of um, you know joining a team because there's not a whole heap you can do other than sit by the pool with everyone and um, and then just play cricket. But it was a really you know it was a really special experience for me, that's for sure. And is it true? You nearly missed the team bus before the match, Sophie? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, in the midst of moving house, I must have dropped my phone and my, my <laughs> clock was cooked and um, I might have been five minutes slow and I might have been five minutes late for the team bus. I haven't been late since. Well, you know you can click and collect if you need a new clock at Harvey Norman at one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to do that. And in early uh, 2019, after you made your Australia debut in the um, again in the T20s against India, you, you dislocated your shoulder at a training drill and required surgery. How difficult was that period of your young career, Sophie? Um, yeah, I suppose that was probably my first um, sort of injury setback. And yeah, I, I think like um, I suppose it's it's part of the the business I suppose in, in sport um, yeah, you have your setbacks and everything and I, I think um, yeah obviously I've missed a, a tour for in, um, in Melbourne against New Zealand was, was pretty hard to watch but at the same time I think you, you, injury is opportunity and I was able to 
um, you know, spend that time investing um, and getting my body right for that next 12 months. And, uh, yeah, it, it turned around pretty quickly with your test debut in the Women's Ashes in, in July 2019 after, after not being initially selected in the squad. What, what did it feel like to be presented with the baggy green? Yeah, it was um, it was really special. I think there was um, some people, like, even though we were on the other side of the world, mum and dad and Chloe were on, my sister Chloe was on FaceTime and um, it felt like they were there and um, there was also some really good mates of mine that were in the Australian A team that come across and um, were able to see the cap presentation and yeah, like it was um, it was really special, it was a dream come true and to have played, put the whites on, I, I'd already always wanted to play the baggy green it was a West Bensdale baggy green and to have got that Aussie one was, was really cool as well and, and you've now won uh, two consecutive T20 World Cup titles Amazing. What, Amazing. What, what have those experiences been like? yeah they've been really special um, I think that first one in the West Indies um, that was a, that was a really good win that sort of you know started um, what's been a pretty successful couple of years for the for the Aussie team and um, yeah I was pretty pretty young back then and um, it was all, you know, I was pretty nervous and I think, you know, there was a few of us, there was three housemates playing in that team, um, Georgia Ware and Taylor Valenic and, and I and um, we were all 18, 19 and, and from country Victoria and next minute we're in the Caribbean winning a, um, a T20 World Cup. I think um, that's you know, stuff dreams are made of. So um, to be a part of, you know, the Australian team over the last couple of years has been really special because it's been... Um, yeah, it's been a, a great sort of um, yeah way the way the team sort of got about it and, and been able to um, attack each series and um, yeah had the success that we've had been really cool. Now, so if we've got plenty of questions to ask you, but we're, we're going to have to let you go to get to the uh, 9:30 news. <laughs> but I'll just ask uh, before you go, you, you've played in the first BBL season and since then you've been named the Renegades MVP and the League Young Gun Award and now you're the youngest ever captain of the Renegades and you had a very good season this year finish, finishing second on the ladder but, but uh, you went out in the semi-final against Adelaide. How disappointing was it to finish the year like that? Yeah, it was pretty disappointing I suppose. We had a, um, a really good year considering um, yeah, I think we had a lot of changes in our off-season. We had a new coach, um, that a few new faces, and it was a really, it was really pleasing to see people stand up at, at different points. We had a um, Georgia Wareham do ACL in a second, second game, which obviously just naturally sends you know waves through the the group because everyone's feeling for her. And um, the way the girls bounced back from that, and to be able to, you know, finish second on the ladder, I think that exceeded um, most people's expectations. So um, all in all, it was a really positive year. I think it's there's something definitely there that we can keep building on and, and creating in the red. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to seeing how the career develops as well. So I've got to say, it's it's been interesting times, and you've come a long way from playing cricket in the backyard, where Dad probably would have given given you some underarm lollipops <laughs> to hit around the backyard. If you were playing backyard <laughs> no lollipops cricket, was all short. <laughs> it was flat out. Playing cricket in the backyard today, who would win, Dad or daughter? Well, Dad by far. You can't, can't <laughs> buy wisdom. <laughs> no, that's very true. Very true. Hey, so all the best. All the best. Thanks so much for your time this morning. No, thanks for having me, guys. Well done. Sophie Molyneux there, one of the country's greats as Super far as star. women's cricket is concerned. And uh, it's, it's an amazing story. And the, I think what's amazing about it is there's so much to the story, and yet there's still so much to come. Oh, definitely. Only 23, so 
who knows what's what's in store for Sophie. Yeah, well, we know what's in store here uh, in Saturdays in Gippsland, and it's a lot more sport, and it's happening from now through until 11 o'clock. A short break for news right now. We'll be back talking more sport in just a moment. Yeah, you are too. Saturdays in Gippsland on SEN Track uh, 91.3, southwest Gippsland. That's where we are right now. Are we are we, are we southwest? We are, aren't we? South, I'd, I'd call one thing South Gippsland. Yeah. But southwest is, uh, while well, you're getting towards Warrigal and Druin there. Don't you love it when you're doing an OB in the Harvey Norman car park and the wind really picks up and you, you're grabbing notes and staying, trying to remain calm at the same time? It's been happening every week, Rob. Is that right? And the uh, signs behind us have, uh, haven't been able to hold on with the wind, but no. at least it's not raining today. The sun's out. True. Now, you're a local. You've got to play cricket this afternoon. Yes. Where, where, where are you playing? I'm playing out at Glenalvey for Glenalvey. Again, Where's Glenelvy? Glenelvy's 10 minutes inland from Wanthaggy, up in the hills, mate. Okay. So a lot of uh, farms out there, farm country. What's the population of Glenelvy? Um, at a guess, less than 100. Well, wh- okay. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've managed a cricket side. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got a side together. And um, it's the club's going very well at the moment. It's going all right. Yep. And so what, what do you what do you give to the club? Are you a bowler? Are you a batsman? I'm or? a specialist fielder. A spe- <laughs> I, 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 captain, I captain the B-grade side, mate. And Are you no, a spe- truly a specialist fielder? Well, I'm not I'm not much chopper batting, and I don't bowl much. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think one person who might be able to help me out... <laughs> he might be able to play. <laughs> yeah, he might be able to play, actually. For, as former Cricket Victoria regional manager, Rob Wood, who's joined, in, uh, joined the show. Thanks for coming on, Rob. Thanks, Sam. And... Um, uh, needless to say, the population of Glen Elby swells on Saturdays. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Before we get into what you've done for cricket in the region, which uh, our previous guest, Sophie Mullen, you touched on, mate, tell us a, a bit about where, where you grew up and, and your younger days playing cricket. Oh, I grew up uh, around the uh, Bentley area in um, Metro Melbourne. Um, I started off because few of my mates that we used to knock around in the street and uh, they got me to go along to the local cricket club which was uh, West Bentley and um, uh, I think I played for a couple of seasons before I really batted any further higher up the ladder than uh, number 11 and um, um, uh, and it was a, it was just a wonderful it was a wonderful cricket club at the time we, we had a lot of um, state baseballs because baseball then was a winter sport um, and um, we also had um, a lot of uh, St Kilda footballers who were, who were part of the club because um, they were allowed to play footy and cricket in those days. Um, and we had the likes of Ian Stewart and wow. Carl Dipperich who were, who were uh, they, they were social members. That, um, Very that social, probably. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, Stewie, Stewie didn't partake in those days, but... Um, no. I used to, as a little kid, I used to, I used to have great fun kicking the footy around with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, and, and so have you made the same point, Rob, that, you know, when you get involved in a cricket club, the camaraderie, the, the enjoyment of spending time with people sort of locks you into that club and into that sport for, well, in your case, a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, uh, I could quite confidently say that um, that involvement probably stopped me from being a street kid because um, mm. my my life could have gone any which way but uh, uh, there were some fantastic people there that uh, that looked after me and um, yeah and became a, a lifelong passion and yeah. one, one fellow in particular got me involved in football as well but 
um, yeah, the, the, just the small things in life that, that uh, make a twist, perhaps. Yeah. Was there a time, was there a defining moment, Rob, where you thought, this is it, this is the path I'm taking, this is this is my career? Uh, there was, and I can't... I, can't, I became um, acutely aware when I was about 15 of, of, of how how my life had um, changed um, because of the involvement in sport and I made a conscious decision then that um, that I would be involved with, with helping um, other people and, and particularly kids wow. uh, in, in, in sport. So um, that that's, hasn't just been cricket, but it's been other sports as well. And, and so you, you established the Blasters program in Langather in 1994, is that right, Rob? Uh, we did a pilot. Um, okay. Yeah, it was called Vic Hit then. Um, and I think Western Star might have been the sponsors at the time. Um, <laughs> and then it changed to Have A Go. And that was that was when Cricket Australia took it on, took it over. And um, um, most people will remember it as being Milo, uh, the Milo program. Was, um, officially was Have A Go and then it changed it into Cricket. Um, and it, now it's the, the Blasters program. And and why 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 have you been so keen in your career to help with the progression of young cricketers, mate? Do you think? Well, um, just as I outlined, um, the the fact that it, it gave me it gave me real purpose, and uh, mm. in the, my personal life, um, um, and as time went on, I saw the the benefits that that. Uh, um, the enjoyment that you get from seeing seeing young people um, participate and grow and and, and develop and um, and then later on even you know sort of going on to bigger and better things as well. Yeah, I'm um, sort of reluctant to scratch below the surface here, Rob, but I, I, I sense that having a really really tough childhood, nothing would give you greater satisfaction than seeing people that possibly were on the same path as what you were destined for claw their way out because of sport and in some way because of you um, there's there's no greater satisfaction than that that's, yeah. that's for sure yeah and uh, you, you've also been very involved with, with women's and girls cricket in your many years in Gippsland mate uh, what, why, why have you wanted to be so involved with that and also how, how have you seen the progression of female cricketers since you started uh, well, I, I sort of tumbled into it, or I was sort of dragged into it by by a group of kids that were at, uh, learning at the primary school. So, initially, um, um, the impetus was when uh, Nadia Komanichi, um performed a perfect ten at the Olympics. Seventy-six. Wow. And um, uh, there was a group of girls that wanted to do gymnastics, so I went off and did some courses and. Um, we started up the learning gap at gym club and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then there, uh, quite a lot of these girls decided that they they would like to play cricket, which was you know pr- pretty much a rarity around here at the time. So um, the then Kernwarra Cricket Club uh, formed a girls team back in that was around about '86, I think. Um, uh, but uh, it was more or less that, the, that, that there was the 
there was the desire from the kids to want to play. Um, so that was that that that's sort mm-hmm. of how it kicked things off. And um, and uh, oh look, girls girls are so good to coach. Um, sometimes they're very hard to organise, but they're fantastic to coach <laughs> um, because I, I, they like technique. Um, um, whereas whereas boys sort of um, especially in their informative years, as Sam will know. Um, they really just want to see how far they can hit it and how fast they can bowl it. <laughs> Crash and bash, I, I, can't, yeah. I can't hit it very far, Rob, but that, that's all. <laughs> we, we don't have a lot of time with you. Sorry, mate. We're going to have to get to a break soon. But um, we, we did mention to Sophie the, the story that you told me about you saying that she'll probably go one better than playing for Victoria when she was only uh, a, a nine-year-old in grade four. Um, and now, yeah. now you're managing the Gippsland Pride under-15s girls team, where I'm sure there's a lot of young stars like Sophie. Uh, how long do you think you'll stay involved in cricket for? Uh, oh, no, I don't know how many, many years I've got left to survive. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes pretty but quick, I, doesn't it, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've got... Um, as, as long as there's a, um, uh, a need... And a place for me, I, I guess I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, as we let you go, Rob, what, what do you think you, you, you're more proud of? Uh, uh, of 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 what you've developed yourself over the in yourself over the journey, or what you've developed for kids over the journey, or is it a little bit of both? Oh, it's a little bit of both, but yeah, but, but more so, um, more so that you know the the people that have gone on, um, um, like Cam White. Uh, who, who wasn't selected at one stage in the Vic Under-17, and I, I convinced the, the coach at the time to um, give him a, a trial, and um, two years later he was captain of the, Vic, the Australian Under-19 side. So, yeah. you know, things like that that are, um, yeah, you, 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 you can't place a value on that. It's nah, they're great stories. Hey, they're great stories. Hey, listen, thanks for sharing just a few of them with us, Robbie. Appreciate your time. Good luck in developing... Even better cricketers in the years ahead, and I reckon you've still got a few decades in you. No question, Rob. So we'll look forward to chatting again soon. Pleasure, and um, yeah, and good luck to Glen Elvy today. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, Rob. yeah, they'll Thanks, need it Rob. with a specialist fieldsman <laughs> like this bloke. Okay. We'll, we'll be back after this break to wrap up the Ashes action overnight. Uh, here we are. We're at Wonthaggy. Harvey Norman, in fact, in the car park, just minding our own business, having a bit of a chat about click and collect and all the things you can get. The bloke's just walked out with a fan. There's plenty of fans down here. We're, 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 that's our only fan that we've had this morning. <laughs> He's not even plugged in. <laughs> uh, but whatever you're after, Harvey Norman Monthaggy's more than happy to look after you. We just heard, and I'm sure you would have enjoyed too, our chats with both Sophie Molyneux, who is outstanding cricketer from Bensdale, and just a few moments ago too, a bloke that probably had something to do with her development in some way, um, and a mate of yours in Rob Wood. Mm-hmm. who also, uh, although growing up in Bentley, has had a lot to do. In fact, it's sort of intriguing when he was chatting uh, about developing what we knew as Milo Cricket growing yeah. up, wasn't it? Yep. So, you know, that's, that's I guess, the the Oz, the, uh, Oz kick comparison, yeah. isn't it? It is, it yeah, is. Yeah, that introduces kids to the sport in a, in a fun way before they start to hone in on their skills and it gets beyond enjoyment of the game. They still want you to enjoy it, but you need to be able to bat and bowl and, 
in your case, field like a demon. Exactly. As you'll be doing this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And hey, Rob, Rob's had a lot to do with that. Yeah. A lot of junior cricketers over Gibson. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we mentioned at the top of the show about uh, the second test taking place at Adelaide Oval. Mm-hmm. Finished a little early because of a bit of a thunderstorm overnight. Aussie's obviously well placed to make it to, to zip. Yeah, they, they finished. They finished the. They declared uh, nine for four hundred and seventy-three, uh, just halfway through the last session. Labuschagne uh, outstanding again. Yeah, one hundred and three for Labuschagne. Um, probably, it, you'd you'd have to say he's gone past Smith as Australia's best batsman. I think. I think. Yeah. The stats would, I think the stats would show over the last couple of years that he is now our number one batsman. And, and, and if you would have said that five years ago that we were going to get another batsman to. Supersede Smith, you you would have got the giggles because you would have thought, well, where is that going to come from? And mm. even you know in the early days, you think, well, is this guy a flash in the pan? But mm. he's backed it up season after season. Yeah. And you know, you, you, any cricketer in the world would be looking at those two batsmen and going, what? It's almost like having Federer and Djokovic in the same side, isn't it? It like, is. You know, they're almost unbeatable as uh, when they're out in the pitch together. It is. And I say Labuschagne's gone past Smith, but I. That's that's no um, disrespect to Smith whatsoever. No. He was a su- he is a superstar. He I'm sure he'll bounce back. He, uh, I can see him becoming our number one. Uh, he might emerge by the end of this Ashes as our number one again. But Labuschagne certainly got the mantle now. And yeah, he got us um, to 400 and, uh, 473. Warner was unlucky again out in the 90s on 95. Now Smith. He, he copped a bit of criticism though for the way he went out, but it's the way he plays. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you live and die by the sword. It, it, it's 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 what gets him where he was, um, but it can get you out as well. And uh, and then just after declaring, we got the Poms two for seventeen uh, mm-hmm. with Hamid and Burns out for six and four respectively. So in a pretty commanding position, and we're all looking forward to watching day three unfold later today. It should be yeah. Let's hope this weather's kind to us. So uh, well, kind to them in Adelaide. It's not being so kind to us in Wonthaggy. A bloke that's going to be kind to us in just a moment is Philip Island senior coach Bo Vernon, who joins us regularly, and he'll be do- doing that just uh, in a few moments' time after this break. Yeah, there you are right here at Wonthaggy, just down the road from where this bloke's having a huge impact. And I'm speaking of Bo Vernon at Phillip Island, who joins us now. Morning, Bo. How are you doing? Yeah, good, Rob. Good, how are yeah, you? That, yeah, really good, thank you. We're just having a bit of a chat off air, uh, Sam and myself, about you know, when you're the top of the table for so long and you become the hunted, I, I reckon if I was coaching a team second, third, fourth, down the ladder, I'd be looking at trying to recruit a couple of players from the top team. Twofold, one it weakens you, two it strengthens us, and all of a sudden the bridge is sort of uh, becomes a bit closer. Have you had much attack from within the league for some of your better players, or even from leagues outside your own competition? Uh, I'm not too too sure, but yeah, in terms of our team from last year, yeah, it's going to be uh, very similar to this year, and yeah, I'm not sure why. Um, you know, blokes would want to leave. We, we the blokes get around each other and yeah. have a good time. And yeah, you know, the feedback you, you're getting is that everyone's having having fun and uh, yeah, and enjoying it. So yeah, um, that's, what it's, that's what it's about. And uh, I think we're as a club, we're doing it quite well. Yeah. Now, Bo, we don't have a lot of time with you, unfortunately. But um, the West Gippy fixture came out recently over the last couple of weeks or so. How happy are you guys with the draw and? Obviously, uh, we're presuming that you have a, a tougher run than everyone else in the league with your record over the past few years. I'm not. I'm not sure how they work that. Um, 
yeah, in terms of obviously there's 12 teams and 18 games. So, uh, yeah, you, you don't get to play everyone, everyone twice. So, yeah, I'm not sure how they how they figure out who plays who twice. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of draw, I don't really pay too much attention to it. Um, I did have a little skim over it this morning and saw that you know, I was pretty... Uh, at this point, we don't play in block twice. Uh, that, you know... Um, Good games between us, us and Envy, so it would have been nice to play them twice. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll get your boys' thoughts, but um, I'm a big believer in um, having a break in the middle of the year. Like I think, yep. yes. Um, and and we got one by, but I don't know. I reckon June, July holidays, two weeks, two weeks off, two weekends off. You know, some blokes might, um, you know, be be able to get away without the um, feeling of letting their team down and. Yeah, I think everyone, 90, 95% of people really enjoy travelling. And, you know, wintertime down here, it's good to good to get away. And, um, yeah, I just think you know, not just to do what we've always done. I think that's a big thing. You know, we, we set up a draw or we do something in, t- in terms of football clubs, um, whether it be training or game or whatever it is. We do that because that's what's always been done. But I think we need to look a little bit alternatively and uh, yeah I reckon minimum two weeks off over the middle of the year so people can get away and have a bit of a break um, freshen up and, um, and really enjoy footy still I reckon you're right Bo and I reckon COVID's taught us that too that we need to be a bit more nimble flexible and I don't think we can afford to be too rigid in the way we put together a draw we need to be able to make it the, the game a bit more attractive again yeah yeah definitely so um yeah, anyway, it's just uh, something I'm big on and, um, and, and, you know, clubs would then you know, let their players have a break. Don't get them yeah. in their training and, and give them a break over those buys and get away from it. I think it's good. But in terms of Philip Holland's buys, uh, I love that we're playing Coraline round, run, round one because it's rivalry, but having a Sunday game round one is not ideal. Harvey Norman One Thaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, Latrobe Valley 91.9 FM. And SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland. Yeah, we're right here at Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. And let me tell you a whole lot more. We just saw a bloke walk out with the fan. We said before we were talking to Bo Vernon. I must say apologies to Bo Vernon too because... I was looking forward to getting into a chat, but, you know, being the new kid in the block, I didn't know a hard out was coming at 10 o'clock. For those listening, a hard out means the news is networked and a whole lot of stations take it and there's no compromise, not even for the great man Bo Vernon. So, Bo, publicly, I apologise and I'll send you a text later. Bo Bo will be uh, coming on the show as a regular guest every week, along with Jared Blair, who we couldn't get on today. He's he's a bit busy, but... i tell you what, I I went to see uh, Jared Blair play his first game here. Actually, I, it was one thing in Druin, I reckon, the first game last year. Yeah. Oh, yes, and, it was. Yes, yeah, it was. Yes, and yeah. the, I was super impressed with what I saw from Wonthaggy. Mm. And and the locals around here would be pretty happy with what they saw as well, I'm sure. They were. They were very happy. You know, happy. sometimes a good player comes and feels as though being a good player is enough. And when you're a coach, you know, sometimes coming out of the AFL system, I'm sure players come and they're giving the title as coach, even though they're not the real deal as far as a coach is concerned. Yep. But what I liked about Wonthaggy is the patterns they used, the organisation that was shown. Uh, I really, really liked that. They were, that was the most impressive performance 
I saw last year, and I know we only got through half the half the year, but I saw every side play, and by far, they were the most impressive. So, I reckon Blairy would have been disappointed that they couldn't see the season out. Definitely, but I reckon to be even better organised with the that half a year under his belt, reflecting back on what it takes to be a coach, what worked, what didn't. And uh, I'm pretty excited about what they might be able to show in 2022. I think they'll uh, go very well with a couple of handy pickups um, as well. What have, what have they done off-season? Um, I don't think they've lost too many. Good. Which which is always good. Everybody looks at that. I, I can't actually think of any big departures, but they have picked up a couple of young guns from Inverloch. Okay. Jack Hutchinson and Ryan Sparks. Ryan Sparks um, will play quite a bit of the year for Casey um, Demons. Yep. Uh, but... He, yeah, that, those two are very good pickups. Jack made the team of the year in the West Gippie competition for Invlog yeah. this year, um, and that, they'll be very excited about getting those two into the team, and they should cap off their their, their side pretty nicely. And they are a, a young team, so it's gonna they're, they're excited for the future. And in a funny sort of way, Bo Vernon is probably happy about that too. That one of his main competitors actually yes. loses two of their good players <laughs> Bo, to one thingy. Bo would be uh, pretty pretty happy about. Does that, that happen a little bit? Like uh, I'm in Terrelgan, so Lepro Valley, obviously, and uh, Mid Gippsland, North Gippsland, and Lepro Valley. You know, players tend to if they're going to go. Go like, does that happen around here as well between the the Bass League, the South Gips, you know, the there's, South there's Gipsland bit, clubs? Yeah, there's, there's a bit. There's a bit of uh, if you yeah, maybe you're not getting a game at one thaggy, you might go to Daleston yes. or um, Kilcunder Bass, my club, or Invlock. There's um, but the the standard between one thaggy and the surrounding towns is probably, or well, the Gippsland League and the surrounding towns is probably um, closer than it ever has been. Is I'd that say. right? I, yeah, I, I, the West Gippsland competition since it started in 2017 after the top five Alberton clubs and the top five Allenbank League clubs uh, merged. Yes. Uh, that has become a very, very strong league. And I'm not just saying that because we play in it. It's, um, I think a lot of people would share that sentiment. So what we see now, because I do the publicity for Mid-Gippsland, and obviously we've got half a dozen Alberton League clubs in there. Yes. Um, those Alberton League clubs... Are, that we see, uh, actually, you know, teams like Yarram, very mm. good. Foster, very good. I know Yarram's in North, Gippie, yeah. North Gippie, but Foster. Yeah. Um, Woodside, even, we're top of the table, North Gippsland. Yeah. Uh, um, who else is from down that way? MDU were, were solid. Tarwin was solid. Yeah. Uh, probably Stony Creek battled a little bit this year, mm. uh, but this year they welcome back Chris Verboon. Yeah. There's, um, wow. There's a lot of... Good players. Uh, I think Lean Gather probably experience it just as much as one thing, maybe even more. They get to bring in a lot of good players from surrounding towns like Meanian and uh, not Fish Creek, um, Meanian and Stony Creek yep. and places like that, um, and Tarwin. But uh, over the past couple of years, some players have started to filter back to those clubs, and it's 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 a good thing for everyone. It's players players. Um, Evening up the standard across the board is, is really good, in my opinion. And what's your general feeling? I know we're just starting to touch on it uh, with Bo Vernon. What's your general feeling about players being back playing the game? You know, Bo was sort of pushing for having two breaks during the year, which I actually agree with. Mm. Are players back on board? Are they desperate to get back on board? Or has COVID sort of put a bit of a dampener on and what I mean by that is all of a sudden players realise what it's like to have a weekend off, to yeah, be able to go yeah. away, you know, with the missus or with the mates. Or I, I think maybe when uh, the, it first started, there was a, a few worries about the older 
the older players yep. um, going, oh, well, this is, I've put in 10 years of hard footy, done a lot of pre-seasons, and now it's, especially with last year it being on and off a bit, it was a bit of an effort um, to just stay switched on all the time. And I think a few of them now might go, oh, I'm happy having my weekends off, but also it, it uh, can prolong the careers of some veterans who go, oh, I've had it, I'm 35, but I haven't played much footy the last couple of years. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be able to play another few now. So it, it can go both ways. It comes down to the individual, I think. And just for people, for young kids, it, um, it, it also goes both ways as well. There's, I'm sure there's a lot that have dropped off because of COVID, which is a shame. But hopefully a lot of kids are keen to get out and actually do something and get yeah. involved in a, in a sport. I know we're going to catch up with Sam Flanders before we finish the show at 11 o'clock. I'll be interested just to see how much he gets home and how his mates you know, from back home feel about mm. not playing footy because he himself, although he was involved in footy all the way through, it wasn't footy as he knew it or we knew it, was it? Mm. It's, it's, she's been a testing time for 18 months and, you know, a lot of careers have ended without them even knowing it was going to end at that time because they've decided to walk away. And, mm-hmm. and even those players, the better players in the league, they've missed out on adding 20 or 30 games to their tally. Definitely. You know, and, and all of a sudden a 200-game player is stuck on 170 or a 300-game player is stuck on 270. And that's a huge difference in reflection. That's the one thing that I'm uh, a bit disappointed about with the test team, um, that, that you, you'd see all these stats about runs at the at the end of players' careers and, and things yeah. like that. Australia hasn't played a test in the last year, apart from the one just gone, obviously. Sure. And blokes like Steve Smith, who already missed a year through his own doing, but... Um, they're not going to have that opportunity to make as many runs as a Ricky Ponting or a Sachin Tendulkar. And Pat Cummins has now missed a year through a COVID um, shutdown of no test cricket pretty much. And then he's back playing test cricket. Oh, that ruled out. And, and you're right too. And, and cricket's more a game of stats than football ever has been or will be. Uh, but, and in, in another generation's time when a young kid playing cricket reflects back and sees a name Steve Smith... Mm and lines it up against a Tindorka or a Ponting, he'll think, oh, no, Smith was nowhere near as good mm. based on those stats, mm-hmm. not taking into consideration that the world was uh, struggling through a pandemic. Exactly. It's a, it's yeah. a shame, but um, there are. It's, it's lucky that a few sports have been able to... Oh, well, the AFL, as we know, has been able to work their way through it. Most yeah. sports around the world, there wasn't too, ma- too many uh, that had to pull the pin altogether, but cricket was certainly affected more than most. You know what annoys me most about the whole pandemic as far as sport's concerned? I want to know why that the Tokyo 2020 Olympics happened in 2021. But they on everything, it's still seen as Tokyo 2020. Yeah. It didn't happen in 2020. No, it didn't. It didn't. I think that... I. I is it just that, because that, that they had was, all the that, signage made? Or what was that, it? That did get that did get raised with uh, me and a few mates. What, what and, happened while watching? I'm, I'm not sure. I think, um, well, it was uh, to, on the same note. The Euro Championships that yes. were played earlier this year that uh, Italy knocked off uh, England in the final. That was called Euro 2020 throughout the whole way through. Yeah, happened in 2021. See, I'd rather see it as uh, Euro 2021. Mm-hmm. And even though it's uh, a bit of an anomaly when you reflect back and you'll see 216, 212, whatever it could mm. be, and you'll see 221, it'll actually force you to question why. Mm. Why was that 20? Oh, that was because of COVID. Okay. Yep. But in Tokyo 2020, you won't actually... It, it's like yeah, it's like they were trying to make people look back on replays and think that it's just a normal year yeah. that happened. Yeah, That no questions would be asked. That, that, that's, that was my feeling about it. They wanted it to be as normal as possible when you look back at it in history. But it's not... It's not what happened. No, it's not. And this is what we've got to be careful. 
about. Anyway, I'm not sure how we got onto that, but isn't it funny how we can do those things without even thinking? Mm. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got loads to talk about. And one thing I do want to talk about, I'm not sure how you are with your tennis, but I want to bring up at some stage, whenever you feel as though we've got time, that Leighton Hewitt's son mm. is actually showing signs. Yeah, yeah, that's very exciting. He's showing signs that uh, he could be one of the, the next big things on the market as we see one of our SEN track signs go flying. <laughs> I thought it was a UFO, but it wasn't. <laughs> very windy in one thing here, but just on uh, Leighton and Cruz. Yeah, Cruz, Cruz uh, Hewitt. Uh, Julian DeStoop yesterday, I was producing his show and he was very bullish about that and off the back of that we had a few callers about their favourite father-son combo so maybe we can do a bit of chat about father-sons and yeah, that's very exciting to see Cruz doing good things. He might he might yeah. uh, be a bit like uh, Charlie Woods, Tiger's, Tiger's son, who's yeah. imp- uh, very impressive already. Has there been, if you, if you think just quickly now outside of football, I'm trying to think of a great father and son in our time. Nothing springs to mind. And I'm sure there's probably dozens of them. In what sport? Uh, any, any sport. Gary and Gary Ablett, senior yeah, and junior. Yeah, there's one. That's 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 the standout. That's, that's an straight, obvious, isn't it, in away. AFL? Has there been one in cricket? I'm sure there has, but... I'd, I'm, if you think about all the great cricketers, I actually can't think of too many sons that have followed the, the, I was Marsh. Actually, I was actually... I was, Marsh was who I was going to say. that I was actually thinking the other day, you don't hear much about the cricket legends... Sons. No, you don't. Whereas in football, there, you know, whether it's Fletcher or yeah. Ablett, you mentioned, um, and, and McLeod's are coming through, Dacos. and Dacos coming through. Whereas it's, I'm not sure whether they're highlighted more or mm. whether the opportunities are greater for father sons in football, obviously, because mm. of the numbers, in comparison to cricket, where you've got a 12. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot more room for it in football. Yeah. How many? 40 players on an AFL list and there's 18 teams, there's 11 people in an Australian cricket side. So I'm sure there's lots of good father-sons playing um, in the Big Bash or the uh, Sheffield Shield. Maybe Jake Lehman, South Australian, Darren's son. um, He's he's one. But uh, it is is funny that there haven't been more uh, father-sons in cricket. Yeah. Well, Sophie Molly knew could have been a father-daughter, except she was much better than dad. He played for Ben's dance. She plays for Australia. Outside of that, though, that's not a lot. Anything. <laughs> that's not a lot. What do you reckon? We're going to take a break, come back, yeah, talk more we'll, sport? We'll take a break. Hopefully, we can get uh, Malcolm Conn on the phone yep. soon, uh, and we'll, we'll keep you updated with that. But I'm going to go and pick up this sign. Yeah, sounds good. It's next door. We'll be back after this. Uh, morning, all. It's Rob Popplestone, Poppy, as people call me, and Sam Watson, or Sam from Sentinel, Sam from SEN Track, right next to me, uh, talking sport, as we're going to be doing on Saturdays in Gippsland each and every Saturday morning. You can hear us through SEN Track, as you heard, 91.3 South West Gippsland, 91.9 SEN Track, Lapro Valley, or you can listen live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au. Harvey Norman Wonthaggy is where we are. It's a windy Wonthaggy. It is. I just said to some people who rocked up just a minute ago, I don't know what to prepare for because I've got the sunglasses back on because of bright light. Mm-hmm. The wind picked up so much so that uh, your computer started to overheat. Yes. We had to chuck that in the shade. Mm-hmm. Then we had a drizzle of rain. So we've had sun, rain, wind, and that was between the news and now. South Gippsland for you, mate. Is that what happens? So, uh, it's... Uh there was a, I don't, I don't think this is the actual meaning of the name, but there's a, a bit of a, a joke that's been around forever that Wonthaggy yep. in um, the native indigenous language means wind and rain. Oh, really? But I think is it that actually, true? I think, I think it actually means heave and pull. But uh, with the weather that we get here, 
It makes people, sense. Yeah, uh, I think I'd stick with wind and rain. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Well, I'm sitting here with a pair of shorts and a jumper, mm. a baseball cap and one sock on. I mean, I just don't know how to dress. Yeah. It's, people it's are looking all, at me weird, but it's all over I'm the not shop. from here. I don't know what to do. Hey, a bit happening in Mick Gippsland. I know we spoke about uh, what Blairy's doing at One Thagging, doing a great job in Gippsland Latrobe. And Bo Vernon was on uh, a moment ago before 10 o'clock news, before I mistimed the interview and... We had to go to a break at 10 o'clock, and he was talking about, is that Kilcunda Bass League? What, what, what's the league called there? The West Gippsland Football Netball Competition. West Gippsland. Okay. West Gippsland. Uh, and they're obviously the shining light in, in that particular yep. competition. In mid-Gippsland, there's been a bit of action, and for those uh, in South Gippsland, they'd know all about it because South Gippsland have been involved in it. We mentioned before, Stony Creek have picked up Lee and Gather Stark Chris Verboon. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's a player and a half. Yeah, and he's originally from Stony yes. Creek. So and and to say they need him is a bit of an understatement. So he'll bring some experience. But I, I think that name sometimes helps to assist in bringing new recruits to a club as well. So let's hope that the uh, the Lions Stony Creek after picking up Chris Verboon can also add to that. Definitely. Yeah, Newborough's been one of the standout clubs. In fact, I've been. A bit fascinated with the amount of talent that the Bulldogs in mid-Gippsland, that's Newborough, can have picked up because they've secured Gippsland League players like Josh Hecker. Uh, I reckon he's from Morwell. Good little operator too. Hayden Prestige from Mowie mm-hmm. and Zach Skinner. Now, I reckon Zach might have been a Gippsland power player think, and or Mowie player. think so. Yeah. So they've, there's just three that they've picked up. But Younger brother of Sam, uh, Brisbane Lions draftee, Sam Is Skinner. that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, they are the Bulldogs. With that, all of a sudden, I'd be saying they're knocking on door of a of a final spot, knocking yeah. on the door because they're a little way out. They 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 finished probably what second or third from the bottom last yeah. year, but they towards the back end of the year, I do recall seeing that their results started to improve under uh, Peter Ainsworth, who's, yeah. who's going to be playing despite not coaching, which is which is great. Yeah, Maui Maui legend. I got the feeling that coaching wasn't natural for him. We okay. talked about you know when Blairy came, we weren't sure whether he was coming as a coaching name, but really it was about getting him as a player. Yep. But from what I saw in the field, he was he's definitely coaching them well. I reckon Pete Ainsworth is a, is a better player. Mm-hmm. He's better in for um, Newborough as a player. So the Bulldogs are looking good. Ballara, I, I've been at... Ballara have been disappointing, I've got to be honest. They're, they're capable of going with sides for periods of games, a quarter maybe, maybe even a quarter of and a half. Yep. But their lack of depth really really uh, becomes obvious mm-hmm. against good sides. But Ricky Cochran, now Ricky Cochran was the North Gippsland Football Netball League league best and fairest. Right. With he's, who? With TTU. Yep. So he's left TTU and joined Ballara. He's one of a handful of players they've also picked up, but he's the most notable of them. So there's another good get. So we mentioned Christopher Boone at Stony Creek. We mentioned a few players there going to Newborough. Mm-hmm. There's another good player coming from North Gippsland. Tarwin have picked up players like Wade Handsome and Max Dybul. Maxie, now, Maxie Dybul, one thaggy boy. Yeah, so you know I'm pretty happy with Tarwin because the Sharks weren't too bad at all. They, they, were, they were mid-range. Maybe yeah. a bit below mid-range. But they, probably, they probably didn't get the results that they were expecting at the start of the year, the Sharks. Yep. Um, but they've got some very, very exciting young talent if they can hold on to that core group of young talent, they'll be a force to be reckoned with in uh, years to come. And, yeah, it's they're, they're a lovely club. Tarwin are just one of those clubs that nobody really ever has a bad thing to say about. I'm playing against them back in the Alberton Football Netball League. And 
everybody knew them as, as the nice guys, which you don't always want to be known as. Yeah, but, but um, you know what happens to them, don't you? They they finish last. Yeah, well, and in this case, they didn't finish last, no, but they, they were below where they and wanted to be. It is good. It is really good to see them um, getting that young talent together, and hopefully over the next couple of years, they can have a bit of success and get now, back into I the finals. I reckon they've had a change of coach too from Henry. They, have, they yep. have. He's, yeah. he's come from uh, the Warrigal Industrials. I'll be doing well to remember his name, but... Um, was it Mark Garnham that was coaching yes. them? Yes, So yeah. Mark Garnham was coaching them. And, and you know, you, you talk about them having a reputation of being a nice club. Well, he was the epitome of a nice bloke. Yes. A really genuine bloke. But, you know, I think it's time for the Sharks to, uh, to rip a few heads off. They, rem- they need to... I've remembered his last name. Yep. Hemming. Okay. From he was, I think he was assistant coach at uh, Warrigal Industrials. I want to go as far to say his first name is Troy, but... I was going to have I'm a guess and say Max. <laughs> Yeah. So, so we're both guessing. Yeah. But uh, look, yeah, hopefully he can bring a few and, and they continue rising up the ladder. Yeah, and and of all the clubs that I think they've done the be- uh, the best in Mid Gippsland, really, really happy with what I see at Moore East. Mm-hmm. And and the shining light for them was the new ruckman Isaac Abbas. Now mm-hmm. he would be six foot nine. Yep, might be even ten. Yep, wouldn't be any shorter. Athletic, Sudanese uh, born player uh magnificent uh, just just one of those beautiful movers did he come from morwell yes yes yep. yeah uh came from the morwell footy club i don't know how they've got him but i'm glad they have because i i think he's a great addition to the league not only morwell east but to the league so they are firing along nicely uh, and i just want to touch on fish creek who obviously had a, another very good year yeah. this year um they finished uh, they finished third on the ladder, just overlapping Foster in the last couple of rounds there and they would have been pretty bullish about their chances heading into the finals, but they have lost uh, Gareth and Ethan Park. Where have they gone? Inverloch. Okay. So that, that's, two, that's two nice pickups for Inverloch yeah. and uh, two big losses for Fish Creek um, who have they, they've been there they're pretty much their whole lives, those two boys. That's, the Parks are a Fish Creek family and um, they, they'll, they'll be reeling with those losses, but I'm sure they'll be able to fill it knowing Fish Creek. They're well, always around the mark. It's interesting how the dominoes fall because we were just saying how one thaggy have picked up a couple mm-hmm. of really good Inverloch players mm-hmm. and lo and behold, Inverloch have picked up a couple of really good Fish Creek it's players. There we go around. Mate. So I wonder where, when Fish Creek fill that hole, uh, where the players are going to come from. And Foster, we should mention Foster because yep. really there wasn't... The, the good thing about the Mid-Gippsland Footy Netball League is this. Hillend were on top and they're a good side. Foster, Fish Creek, Mubu North... Yanar, all of a sudden you've got you need a handful of really good sides, and I think you couple with that the fact that the sides we mentioned in Newborough, Morwell East, Tarwin are all starting to strengthen. Even Ballara means that you're you're looking forward to a really good strong year. I think it's I think it's going to be a very even year in the mid Gippy yeah. and it was it was pretty pretty even the year just gone. I thought it. How did you how did you see? The new sides settle in. The Alberton side settle uh, into the I, league. I think. Well, t- there was two sides to this. How were the Alberton leagues going to settle in, and how was Mid Gippsland going to mm-hmm. accept them? Mm-hmm. And, and I reckon it's a big tick for both. One was I think Alberton clubs enjoyed playing new opposition, given that they'd come from a six-team competition. All of a sudden, they're part of a thirteen-team competition. Yep. And yes, there was some travelling, but. All of a sudden, there was some excitement about going to Ballara or Yanar or Mubu North or Newborough or Morwell East. You know, there was genuine excitement about new competition and new venues, new rivalries. Equally, 
I think Mid-Gippsland, given the calibre of teams that they were facing, enjoyed the competition of Foster and Fish Creek and those sorts of sides. And and, and not only that, the way those clubs went about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't any vindictiveness. Yep. And already, I can tell you right now, there's a rivalry between Hillen and Foster. Mm-hmm. Already, it's there. You've got to um, love that. Well, uh, is Foster the team you love to hate? Uh, yeah, you, uh, you could say that. Is that because that's what I get from Hill End? Well, yeah, Foster have, have, were have always a very strong side in the Alberton League. And, and that's and probably the, the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah. the reason. It's more out of respect than any you know, genuine ill feeling. Some but great people down at Foster. but Oh, yeah. 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 And they've generated some unbelievable players. You mm. mentioned the Dersmers. Yep, the Dersmers. Uh, Xavier, who was on the show last week. Ryan Angwin was drafted uh, last year or the year before. Uh, Is he any relation to the Angwin that went to the Adelaide Crows? I think he, might, he may be. I couldn't answer. I couldn't confirm that for you, but I think he may be. I, I just want to... I'm, I'm really interested to, to speak about Hill End and, and Merbu North. Uh, but yep. we, we might do that after this yeah. news break, if that's okay, Rob. Let's do that. Let's have a break, come back, talk more footy. And by that time, probably Sam Flanders, we would have tracked him down and be ready to go as well. Ah, here we are back at Wonthaggy. In fact, we never left, really. We're at Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, which is, you know, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Let me tell you, uh, I've done it. I did it with a washing machine. It is as easy as jumping on the website, telling them what you want, and you just rock down here and you collect it. Don't even have to talk to people these days. It's perfect. (laughs) Uh, Not for this particular job, though, because at the moment we're Saturdays in Gippsland on SEN Track 91.3, Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 SEN Track Latrobe Valley. And, of course, you know by now that you can listen to us on the app or just uh, click on to sen.com.au. Can't they, Sam the Man? They can, they can. And uh, just picking up from our conversation there, we've got Sam Flanders coming on after the next break in a couple of minutes. Uh, and we did touch on Fish Creek there, Sam's former club. But I just want to look at Hill End and Merbury North, the, the two top sides. And they were... Uh, Foster Foster were ticking along pretty nicely as well. They but were doing well. T- towards the end of the year, Hill End and Merbury North separated themselves I got a bit. told that Foster have picked up an AFL player. Now, I don't know. Okay. I haven't been able to find out who that is. But mm-hmm. th- they're right on the button anyway as far as... Um, depth in that club, as you know. Uh, so anything that they get would obviously make them better because I don't know that they've lost a lot. Their probably biggest issue is that they haven't got a lot based in Foster. Yep. A lot of Melbourne-based players that love coming home and they are uh, traditionally homegrown mm. products anyway, which mm-hmm. is which is a great thing that they come back home as well. But it did cause a few problems when COVID hit last week and Metro players couldn't get out of it did. Dan Andrews' little hub down there. It did cause a few troubles, but the mid-gippy were bold and, and got a round yeah. away. Yeah, yes. Away. Unlike we, we, many we, other leagues. We couldn't make it all the way through. That was yep. our problem. Uh, Hill End and Mubu North yep. would have loved to have got through because at one particular time they were sitting first and second on the ladder. Yes. And I know, speaking to Mike Sando, the coach of Hill End, and also to um, Josh, Josh. Uh, who is the coach of Mubu North, they were actually both keen to say, let's have it out. Let's play. We don't care if we play in November. Mm-hmm. We don't care if we're playing this weekend in December. That would have been we, interesting. We just want to. We just want a result. Now Hilland were awarded the minor premiership as a consequence, obviously, of finishing on top of the ladder after the home and away season. But it didn't sit well with Mike. Mike said, "Well, I'm happy to play. Just come up with a. I don't care if third and fourth plays on Friday night, first and second plays on Saturday morning, and the two winners play on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. But let's have a winner." Yep. Let's find a way. Like Tokyo Olympics 2020 taking place in 2021. Let's yep. just find a way. It was, it was bold, a bold strategy. Well, 
I would have loved to see them do it. Number yep. one, if you would have pl- say for instance, Moobin North are playing Hill End today, mm. I think you would have got a huge crowd to come along you to watch Hill End play Moobin North. You would have, and can you imagine the coverage? The exactly lo- the right. Local, the local coverage that ch- Channel Nine uh, Win News would have been down there in a heartbeat. Yeah. And, and and my job as publicity manager is to come up with publicity. Now, you can make it easy for me yeah. by playing a game in December. Anyway, look, it wasn't to happen. Uh, now, on both of those clubs, I don't think Hillender picked up a lot, but I don't think they've lost any at all. So mm-hmm. they're going to be as good as they've been, yep. which is pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, Mubu North, I reckon they may have picked up one or two. Now, Josh has been a bit coy, yep. but I think they may have picked up one or two. I'm okay. not sure what they've lost. Just, just on Hillend. They, they were the, the darlings of the competition a couple of years ago when they uh, broke through to their first yes. grand final. Well, from an outsider, they looked, yes. that was the underdog story. Yep. Have they already transitioned yes. to the evil empire? Yes, like, they have. Yes. Yeah, and it's taken them no time. <laughs> uh, and Mike Santo... Uh, without winning a premiership. Without win a prem- winning a premiership, they were the darlings because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. And when they made that 2019 grand final, were beaten convincingly by Yalorn, Yalorn North. Yes. Um, everyone felt as though Hill ended at Rive and uh, it's a feel-good story. Yep. By pre-season 2020, everyone hated them. <laughs> yep. Now, I'm not sure why, but um, I don't think the, the coach, Mike Santo, cares too much. No, he doesn't. Uh, in fact, I think he thrives in it. You've got to love that. You've got to love that. Uh, you've got to love what we've got up uh, before 11 o'clock too, and that's Sam Flanders. He'll be joining us shortly. You're listening to Saturdays in Gippsland. With Sam Watson and Rob Popplestone. Yeah, you're doing that with Poppy, Rob Popplestone, and the big man Sam Watson, who I just found out is a centre half back, come sort of fill in Ruckman at Kilcunda. Yeah, fill in, mate. Hey, how are you boys going? We're going well. We've picked up a new coach, Lee Rowe, who's yeah. got a lot of uh, experience Where's in the he VFL. Come from? He's, he, he last coached at One Thaggy, last senior coach yep. at One Thaggy, and he's, uh, last season he was at Port Melbourne. Okay. So he's, he's done a lot of work at Port Melbourne and at Casey, and he's very experienced, and we're, we're, we're going well. We've picked up a few new players. We, we won't be – we're not going to be premiership favourites, but no. we, we're hoping to improve significantly. Where did you finish? We finished uh, third or fourth from the bottom, so not the greatest no. year just okay. gone, but there were signs of improvement with a few new pickups, and, yeah, it's, it's, we, we haven't, we're yet to make finals since well, the West Kippy started. Is there, is there some way you could find a position for Sam Flanders? Is there, is there, is there a position you could find him? I reckon he could slot into our uh, forward pocket pretty nicely, <laughs> but uh, he'd probably be, uh, probably be the starting midfielder. But yeah. I, I wouldn't mind playing in the forward pocket. Yeah, okay. No worries. As Sam Flanders joins us now. Hey, Sam, how are you going? G'day, fellas. How are you? Good, mate. I, I, I bet you're ecstatic that I've found you a position in the forward pocket at Kilcunda. Yeah, mate, absolutely. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember playing a couple. Of, Sammy's probably four years younger than me. I remember playing a couple of fourth games, and there was this kid that nobody could stop in the goal square, taking yeah. these speckies and kicking snaps around his body, and turned out to be one S Flanders. Ah, oh, Sam, it's a long <laughs> way from long way from Fish Creek. How, how, have you enjoyed the ride over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty challenging. Um, definitely had its ups and downs, um, but. Yeah, it's been, it's been so good. It's such a good experience. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we just have a little bit more success this year. Uh, Makes it a little bit better. Yeah. I reckon uh, coming from Fish Creek, as you have, I reckon one of the, 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 the big issues that young kids have moving away from family home, family community, is exactly that, moving away from family home and family community. I lived in Adelaide as a footy journo for a couple of decades, and that was the biggest problem that a lot of the new recruits had was just living away from home. How have you found it, though? 
Yeah, obviously, obviously that um, you know was one of the biggest challenges. I think, as you sort of said, moving away from you know a small country town where you know families everything. Um, but for me, I moved in with um, another local Gippsland boy, Ben Ainsworth, uh, and his partner okay. Liz Morrissey. Um, and like they were almost like my sort of parents, I suppose. Um, yes. Up on the Gold Coast, as I was a sort of young, young kid, so they'd always um, look after me, cook me, uh, cook me homemade meals, uh, <laughs> which is one of the biggest things I miss. Um, being away from mum and dad, so they definitely made the uh, the transition easier. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously a challenge, but um, it's one of those things that you learn so much from moving away at a young age. So yeah. it's been good. And the second part of that, as well as the young players having trouble, sometimes mum and or dad have trouble with their young fella moving away too. How have the parents been? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think they've been all right on the... Um, oh, they, they try and hide it a fair bit, but, yeah, I think, oh, as every mum and dad would, they yeah. always miss you, miss you a fair bit. So any any time I can um, you know, get home and see them or something like that, um, you know, I think they appreciate it appreciate a fair bit so it's, it's always good you know when you're away for a bit and you, you finally get to catch up and see him so it almost makes it a little bit more special and and sammy before before you got drafted to the gold coast suns with pick 11 in the 2019 draft you, you obviously as we touched on you started at fish creek but then you made the move to to maui mate talk us talk us through that transition yep. and and why and why you chose to do that yeah so all the i mean the main factor really was I, uh, I moved schools over to um, from Foster over to Lawana, so they they had a, um, a sports program there. Um, so Mike Sano and Alan Chandler. Um, well, back then it was just basketball, footy, but um, you know now the, the sports excellence program's growing, and uh, you know there's netball and soccer and all that now. But yeah, the the main factor was obviously just to move over for school, um, and then I was boarding boarding houses in Warrigal um, with Rain Dan Lee's. Uh, for a couple of years and then mum and dad decided to, to move over to Newborough uh, so we leased the farm off in, in Fish Creek uh, made the move over and then it was I mean I, I had a lot of schoolmates um, and a lot of boys who were playing power as well at the time um, and just made travel a lot, a lot easier as well um, just at Maui which was yeah it was good we had a really successful team yeah, definitely won a, at least one premiership I remember watching you get best on ground in the under 16s grand final there uh, uh, you touched on basketball there, mate. That I I remember hearing that you were a very gun, a very good young basketballer. And did it get to the stage where you did have to make the choice between basketball and footy? Uh, well, there was yeah, I, there, there definitely was a choice, but I think it was a little bit made up for me. I mean, I'm, okay, I wasn't the greatest shooter, and I'm I'm only about six foot, so I think the, yeah, I think all along the decision was already made up for me. So there wasn't really much that to do. Well, how how tall is Patrick Mills? I reckon he's you could take foot, him one on one. He's a nah, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> he's uh, not bad, is he? Yeah, oh, he's unreal. Stuff is yeah. incredible. Hey, how have you found Stuart Jew? Uh, I had a lot to do with Stu in Adelaide. Um, yep. And of course, when the team's not winning, the coach is always under the spotlight, and you sort of get mixed reports from you know a, a million miles away, as we do, as to how he's going. Yeah, but how have you found him? Yeah, he's been uh, Dewey for my development, and uh, like both on field and off field has been like you know next to none. Um, I think a lot of the media, you know, especially sort of from Melbourne, it's always yeah. that negative 
negative side. You don't really see the positive stuff, um, you know, just because we're not winning games. But um, I think, like, it was obviously always a long-term um, development process. So he's he's just in there to develop, develop us as yeah. best on-field and off-field. So, um, but no, he, he's got a really good connection with all the boys. Um, I remember I remember actually when I got drafted, it was, um, I got told he was compared a lot to, to Lee Brown, who I had a coach, um, Explain Power. Just yes, just mainly because of the the connection you can have with him on and off field. Um, so that that's a massive thing for all us young boys. Is I think is having that connection um, just to give us the confidence, the confidence that we need um, for the years coming. Yeah, and you you touched on Gippsland Power there, mate. We had. Xavier Dersma on the show last week, who would have been your captain at Gippsland Power, and you would have had a, probably a few dual. He was, was that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, captain, corner inlet stingrays as well. He did. Yeah, I imagine after the corner inlet stingrays, you would have had a couple of duels on the footy field for Fish Creek and Foster, yeah, respectively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yep. said that he likes. He said that he likes uh, keeping in touch with yourself and looking at how the other Gippy boys are going in the AFL. Matt, do you do you do the same thing? Do you do you yeah. follow the Gippy Power Boys yep. pretty closely? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, still trying to keep in touch. Um, you know, with obviously all the other boys, Dave, um, yeah, Caleb, and all the boys, they're still still getting around um, and just trying to touch base with all the boys who, unfortunately, um, you know, with didn't get offered contracts and stuff like that, who are playing VFL. Um, and stuff like that. So, still try and keep in touch as much as possible, especially times now when I'm um, when I'm down um, to try to catch up with everyone. Yeah, hey, the, I'm not sure what the Fish Creek girls are like, but I know the Gold Coast ones are pretty good. How, how, have, you, how have you found? <laughs> did you have a girlfriend before you left? Uh, I did not know. <laughs> no. Okay, that's good. Have you got one now? Uh, I do not know. Oh, okay. Concentrate your footy then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want any distractions at the moment. Actually, a, nah, a mate nah, of mine, no, uh, nah, a mate of mine's son, uh, young, a uh, mate of mine in Adelaide, Simon Ballard's young son, Charlie, he's up your way and oh, yeah. and, do, yeah, and doing good things as well. Yeah. So, you know, you, 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 you've, you've got a good group, and it's just, I, I think it's as much patience as is anything else. I know, you know, all, all the boys there, and probably the league itself, want it to happen, but. I think yep. just a just a bit more patience is required. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a bit of patience, but you just look at like the core players, and you just look how young we are. Like, I think um, I, th- I think you're right. A lot of a lot of people want it to just happen straight away, but you look at you know our core sort of ten to twelve guys are all you know they're all sort of I suppose that twenty to twenty to almost like twenty five. Perfect. Yes. You know, and and um, a lot of players don't really find their feet until that sort of about well, twenty five, twenty six, um, when they really start to, to figure things out. So I think a bit of patience, but it's it's a little bit of us as well, just just sort of working out how to play a role and um, just how the team works best. Um, obviously, a few. Few players this year will have like different positional changes and stuff like that. So we're we're still as we're young, we're still figuring out, um, you know, where where people are suited best. Um, so yeah, but a little bit of patience. Well, Sammy, uh, you, you've summed that up very nicely, mate. And I know all of us down here in Gippsland and South Gippsland, especially, are 
Very much looking forward to you doing your thing next year and hoping that you and, and your side improve. Um, we, we don't have a lot of time, mate, so we're going to have to let you go, but we're definitely no, looking forward to, sp to speaking to you in the future. We Hopefully we can get you on the show next year, mate, and enjoy your Christmas and New Year's. All good. Thanks for that, mate. Good, good on you, mate. We're sitting here at uh, Harvey Norman at 130. Sam, do you need anything for Christmas? Uh, yeah, I love, I love a few things. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll right. send the address. Yeah, all right, Sam. Good on you, mate. All the best. Well done. You too, buddy. Safe Christmas to you and the family. Sam Flanders there joining us from the Gold Coast, one of the greats from Gippsland and destined for bigger things. We'll be back to close off the show with a few more snippets of sport in just a moment. Yeah, you are too. You're listening to Saturdays in Gippsland with Rob Popplestone and my best mate, Sam Watson. Yeah, the best Sam mates the man. Now. It's only taken one show. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You've fallen upon us. You've fallen upon a sports show that really dedicated to updating you on what's going on in Gippsland, and that's what we want to do. So stay involved, 91.9 for La Valley and 91.3 for uh, South Gippsland, and you'll be able to hear us talking sport, well, probably all the, all the way through, but in uh, Gippsland in particular, around about this time every Saturday morning. It was interesting just talking to Sam Flanders, who's a Fish Creek boy who's now finds himself at the Gold Coast. It was a good chat, actually. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, he's, uh, he's a good kid. Yeah. I was just, we were just chatting off air about how how close you actually are. You know, we all believe that Gold Coast probably are a little way away, mm -hmm. but you never know. You, you, you're never that far away. And I, and I use Melbourne as an example. And, you, and you'd be able to go through and make plenty of examples like this. But Melbourne, obviously, towards the end of last year, were unbeatable. Or mm -hmm. towards the end of this year, were yep. unbeatable. You know, they're a terrific side to do what they did. But the year before, they didn't make the eight. You never know. They won nine games. Mm -hmm. Momentum's a great thing with young kids, and that's what they got, and that's what the Gold Coast could do. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully for all AFL fans that Gold Coast is uh, up there next year because we can't keep seeing the same thing every year. No. Oh, look, I could put up with one more year of Richmond. But that's about it. Yeah, hopefully the Pies are back up there as well. Talk to you next week.